Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday for us. Harry Alexander with you, Bunker to France on the other side of the mm-hmm. table. And up in San Jose today... He knows is, the way. He knows the, he knows the way. It's Todd Roberts. Gentlemen, how are you? We be fine. Good to hear from you. Good to, good to be heard. Indeed. Yes, anytime we can be heard. We got us a great guest for today. Speaking of herds. Yes, we have a great guest for today that with who, who we will get to in just a moment. It is Kelly Payne. She's the uh, former president, I believe now, of the uh, Oklahoma Stock Exchange. Uh, which is one of the largest stock exchanges, if not the largest in uh, this country, perhaps the world. I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll find out about that. But first, we've got some housekeeping. A little housekeeping here. Well, tomorrow is the last day of the American Indian Fine Arts Show. It's at the Red Roof Inn, downtown University Flamingo Hotel. It's at 1300 North Stone Avenue here in Tucson, right across the street from Pima Community College. Contact information, 928 928- Seven nine seven sixty twenty, and the other piece of news. This is kind of cool in a way. Uh, Tucson Railroad History Odell Lecture Series, and it starts tomorrow and it runs through several Sundays. It's at the Southern Arizona Transportation Museum, and they're presenting a series of lectures about the history of the railroad in Tucson. Tomorrow's topic will be Richard Dick presents the Arizona and New Mexico Railroad. February 19th, David Quackenbush, I love that name, mm-hmm. presents Railroad Watches and Railroad Times. Sounds interesting. Oh, I, I, I think I know David. Yeah. And February 26th, Chris Enns, been on the show many times. She's a great friend of ours. Uh, it presents Iron Women, the ladies who helped build the railroad. And I think that's also the name of her book about that, which comes highly recommended. And then they finish out the series on March 12th. Well, Paul Chandler presents Icons of the Southern Pacific Railroad, and that's at 3 p.m. on those Sundays. It's at the Southern Arizona Transportation Museum, which is located at the uh, Southern Pacific Railroad Depot, downtown Tucson, the beautiful old historic building. And if you haven't been there, it's just worth it to go there. It's a cool building. I think they call it United... not just Southern Pacific, it's United uh, UP now, U- Union Pacific. Union Pacific. Yeah, what did I, I say? United. You said Southern, but oh, we oh, all I'm know sorry. it. You we should, all know it. it. I meant UP. I, yeah, but we all know it by Southern Pacific. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And uh, one other thing I was going to say there, and I just blew it out of my mind. Okay, well, okay. that's all right. <laughs> All right. Probably a lie anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Um, also coming up on uh, the first of March. From 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., it's the first annual Tombstone Western Book Fair. We will be there, uh, along with authors Doug Hawking, Bill Markley, and Chris Enns. Again. Uh, yeah, it's at the Sheffalian Hall, 4th and Fremont Tombstone. And if you'd like some more information, visit Cochise County Coral, Corral, pardon me, Cochise County Corral dot O-R-G. I used to make a sort of decent living with you this used mouth. to could talk yeah I, yeah i used to but uh, well, now you can't chew gum I, and walk at the same time or any damn thing else i got one more item yes unless sir. you have more you, you know go for it uh this the new issue of true west has a really nice article about the Moscow movie set and a movie that was filmed there oh. um i don't have the information right here with me but if you're uh 
a fan of old of western movies, uh, western movie towns, locations. Look mm-hmm. it up. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Now on to our guest, Ms. Kelly Payne. And this is this is a great honor to speak with you, Kelly. Thank you for uh, being able to reschedule with us. We had you set for. What was the last month or the month before? Yeah, it was back in December, maybe. Back when you got it, yeah, no, got I the just, group. Yeah, somebody decided to give me the COVID, and so had to. Uh, I re- call it re- the group. <laughs> re- well, if you'd listened to me, you wouldn't have gotten it. I told you to drink more bourbon. You, know, but you don't want to listen. I know, I know. I should have should have paid more it attention. Was, that was, it was the ice in his drink that did it. I don't know what the hell it was, uh, but it was not a pleasant experience. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you all very much. And even with the rescheduling, it's certainly still an honor for me. And glad to know that everyone is healthy and well today. So yeah, we're, we're going to take it for what we've got. Yeah, we're too ornery to uh, give up otherwise. Our physical health is great. Our mental health is <laughs> yeah, questionable. It's always been questionable. Uh, the, the Oklahoma Stock Exchange, explain how you got to that particular position of prestige. Well, I... I really don't know. I, I've thought about this uh, <laughs> a lot. Uh, it was it was never on my radar screen, but I don't know that anyone uh, really goes through uh, unless you were just born into uh, you know maybe a situation where your where family family members had owned a sale barn or a livestock uh, auction facility. I, I don't know. I don't know how we end up where we, where we end up sometimes, but. Um, I had been asked to serve as liaison uh, at the stockyards, at Oklahoma National Stockyards, back in 2018. Prior to that, because my background is in nonprofit management, always fifth-generation cattle producer, mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. that. It's already that's in my DNA. But um, uh, I spent some time uh, managing nonprofits, a lot of you know economic development, downtown Main Street programs had worked for a congressman, had an awesome opportunity uh, over 20 years ago to work for a, a congressman here in Oklahoma, um, and but would find myself, I grew up at the stockyards, my dad had a company there, and so had grown up on the bricks, as they say, it's all brick underneath uh, there, and, um, but this never, that was never walking, walking the bricks at five years old, Main Street program, walking and, the bricks at uh, five years old. Rob, Rob Fisher, uh, he came to me and asked me to step in and become the liaison to do some marketing, and and it was all downhill from there. So, yeah, I'm 46, uh, and, yeah, I started going to the yards when I was five with wow. my dad. So I guess it kind of was, I mean, it, was, it worked. It was um, faded. Boy, it was certainly a surprise. It's your destiny. Yeah, so you, I, <laughs> I guess so. Apparently so. Yeah, I was very honored so and you, humbled to you, be able to serve in that position for you, almost five you, years. You, you come from a ranching family. You're a fifth-generation ra- uh, uh, rancher. Uh, that's incredible that you're able to continue on with that because we we frequently see where folks just can't continue with a ranch. They have to give it up or it gets sold to some uh, corporate interest, and then we all know what happens after that. And uh, so that, that's great that you're able to do that. Yeah, I want to cut right to the chase because I think I want to mention a man that I think probably is the most important man in your life and also probably the reason you are who you are, your dad, Glenn Payne. Yes, 
That is my father. <laughs> How do you know him? Uh, I know, I know well, him Kelly, through I you. Forgot, <laughs> Kelly, I, I didn't want to scare you. I didn't want to warn you that Bunker does a deep dive. He hires a SEAL team, and they, <laughs> they go deep and wide. So <laughs> anything that he, he he'll throw you more curveballs than Nolan Ryan. He's part, so he's part of our he's part of our crack research department. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it away. I I got a group of Paiute Indians that go sneaking around everywhere we, and and they spy. It'd be Cherokee over there in Oklahoma, wouldn't well, it? Well, yeah, well, part Cherokee, but okay. these are Paiutes. I want Indians that will sneak around. Oh, see, I they'd see. recognize the Cherokee. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, Paiute, they go. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Anyhow, that's funny. I love you. Are my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just goofy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, there's another thing here. Uh, you were the first female head of the Oklahoma National Stockyards. That in itself is a heck of an accomplishment. Plus, I think you're what the sixth uh, person to actually head up an organization that's a hundred some odd years old. Yes, sir. Yeah, that is correct. They're in their 113th year. And I'll be honest with you, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what was that like, uh, being the first female? And and I, I actually speak on this at, at some seminars, like Oklahoma Women in Ag. I've been a speaker there in Kentucky Women in Ag. I've got an Arkansas Women in Ag uh, convention coming up. But it it never, I never thought about it. I wasn't raised to think differently about the fact that I was a female. Obviously, my voice does not sound very feminine. <laughs> so, um, a lot of times, if I talked to somebody on the phone, they wouldn't even know. But yeah. it was uh, when you just when you grow up in it and you're 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 treated as an equal. You're um, you're out there in the muck and the mire, just like anyone else. And I think that was part of uh, they were accepting. They all knew me. Uh, they'd watched me grow up. So that was that made for an easier transition, and also my my work spoke for itself. You know, being able to get out there with them, I didn't. I, I was going to be out there sorting cattle or cleaning the water tank, whatever needed done. You just do it, mm-hmm. and so I think that made that transition easier. But it was certainly the media went crazy with it, yeah. and that was totally unexpected. And I had to get uh, I had to get a handle on that. I, I realized, I, I've always joked, I'm certainly not a, a pageant queen. They wouldn't allow me in one, I, I can assure you of that. Um, I, I bet your husband would disagree, but yeah. we won't go into that yeah. right now. You know, I, <laughs> I, I think I figured it out how you got the job. They were just so used to you being underfoot that they figured we might as well give it to her. Kick her upstairs. Plus, plus here's the thing, you know, she and she, she mentioned it, but, you know, growing up, growing up girl on a cow ranch, that doesn't get that doesn't excuse you from from doing all the work. I would and, not and think pulling so. The way. You're just another hand. I would not think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're totally correct, and that's and especially you know in our uh, in our parts of the country, you know, with the rural areas, it, it's all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're working cattle or planting weed or uh, putting up hay. It's everybody has a role, and you it's do? not always in the kitchen. So. Yeah. I, I think we kind of remove the sexism from yeah. uh, just because of the nature of what we do for a living. So uh, it's very interesting. But I, I remember telling uh, a friend of mine one day, I said, my gosh, this, this media, um, you know, they wanted interviews because it was such a unique thing. And I finally thought, hey, this is like Miss America. Everybody gets a puppy and a 
blanket, <laughs> you know, whatever their little speeches are. So I thought, I can use this as a, I know, no, it's nothing against passion, but, but I thought this is an opportunity to use this position for good, like to have a platform. Yeah. And whether it is for uh, the women's role in agriculture or anything else, I'm, pa- I'm obviously passionate about the cattle industry and the beef industry. But what else is important? There were so many things that were great about the stockyards. There a justice involved employer. Uh, we had a lot of we had just as many women on the payroll as we had men. So you know a lot of equality. Um, and not that I'm trying to start some diversification speech, mm-hmm. but it's but the outreach. So there was a history to tell. Um, just a lot of things that came together. Our story was really important. And being able to tell the story about the stockyards also put us in a position, or me in a position, to talk about the story of agriculture mm-hmm. and how important that is to our urban friends. So it yeah. was it was a great experience, and it just it's just bloomed and bloomed and bloomed, you know, from there. Mm-hmm. So we all have opportunity to have been there. A lot of great people in this all, world. All three of us have a uh, mutual friend who uh, passed a couple of years ago. <clears throat> whose uh, family was in ranching here in southern Arizona. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, I, I, I wish he was around that he would be able to talk with you because you talk his talk. and uh, Oh, you guys would be giggling yeah, the store. I mean, a lot of giggles. It, lots of giggles. You'd and, have to eat some of those tacos. Yeah, though, right. Kelly. You'd be stuck eating those tacos, <laughs> but the, which he fried up at home. There'd be a lot. I told of, you there was no better taco in the entire state. That's right. There, and he wouldn't <laughs> share them with anybody, yeah, except but, his grandkids. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's. Uh, I, I, I sense there would be a buttload of mutual, uh, a mutual uh, respect well, you know, between the two of you. Here's some of the, the mutuality between Joe Drivers. That's the fellow we're talking about, uh, and you. You're like you're like uh, what five generations. Uh, family growing up in Mustang and in Tyler and Joe his family came over here in Arizona from Texas in the 1870s and settled up over here and had had cow places and whatnot and her, his dad was a lion hunter just and he loved to talk about the history yeah. and stuff and he had his own show he was a great guy well and he also would talk about the importance of agriculture and I remember on one program I used to produce this program and I, I remember he took apart the cow, the parts of the cow and said, okay, this part goes to this pl- this place for this purpose. This part goes to that place for this purpose. So, you know, without the agriculture, without the cow, you don't have much of anything else that you can put together. He even knew where the fart went. I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, Kelly, i got to ask you, who, where did you, if you had to keep score, not that I, we're going to put you on the spot, but if you had to keep score, did you get more um, uh, uh, completely, utterly floored looks from men when they discovered that you were the president of the OKC Stockyards, or was it from women? Probably both. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't, and I, you know, I had never thought about it. I had Todd from that angle, but I think it was just a surprise. I, but I think, too, sometimes when people are have that type of title, um, they're, they're revered differently. Uh, they, they may, uh, people may think they're unapproachable. Uh, oh, they have the big corner office. Uh, they mm-hmm. have the reserved parking spot. Yeah, you know, just kind of the, 
but like a, a presumption. And I mean, I I just kind of blended in. I was, you know, it, it was nothing for me to be down cleaning the water tank, you know, right underneath the catwalk on a sale day, and someone would go, uh, "Hey, what are you doing down there? Or picking up trash? What, what are you doing down there? That's not that's not your job. No, it's all of our jobs. Yeah, you know, exactly. Is, that's hands on. I, I didn't right. carry it the way it probably maybe should have been carried, and I'm okay with that because look. Uh, that's just who I am. Well, well that's, 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 that's old school. Yeah, Wilde said, "You yeah. can't be anyone other than be yourself. Everyone else is taken." I mean, you were raised that way. <laughs> that's yeah. old school ranching. Yeah, you every, were, every, every yeah. You know, the boss doesn't sit in the house and give orders. No, he's out there showing the way. Unless he's on TV, right? Right. <laughs> 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 oh, Virginian. Yeah. It's okay. All right, we're going to take a, a, a commercial break here, and then when we come back, do we have to? Yeah, we do. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely want to talk with you about the importance uh, you brought up the importance of agriculture and let's find out a lot more about that when we come back here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West Harry Alexander Bunker de France Todd Roberts our guest Kelly Payne we'll be right back Arizona the land of cattle copper and cowboys it's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built for your next vacation come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like westerns, right? You're darn to- I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world 
which westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesternsvoicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. You know, these Arizona cows are so different. Back in New York, we don't fight cows. We just milk them. (laughs) This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France. Todd Roberts with you, paying homage to the Hawaiian Cowboys. The Slack Cowboys. Yeah, there you go. Falioni. Falioni Cowboys. Thank you. Uh, anyway, our guest is uh, Kelly Payne. She's the uh, former president of the uh, Oklahoma City Stock Exchange. Um, and uh, She'll always be president in my eyes. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, you step back from the position. Is, is that to take care of family uh, in, in, in your ranch and, and so forth? Yes. Uh, I have my hands in a lot of things, and which is great. Uh, my whole, I'm very, very blessed. My whole family lives on the same uh, section or same farm ranch, same outfit. It's just easier to call it that. Yeah. We don't live together. We don't like each other that much, but um, we, we were able to <laughs> you know, about uh, 12 years ago now, I think, gosh, 13, it's been a minute, uh, <laughs> when I had an opportunity to move back from Stillwater, I was actually working at the stockyards for an order buying company, and I called my father and I said, hey, I'm wanting to, to move kind of back I, I was commuting about an hour and um he i said is there anywhere you know i could build or anything down there at the farm and he said ah oh, we don't want to build a house down here he said just convert the dairy barn so uh the my house is actually the new dairy barn i'm, I'm using air quotes the newest dairy barn on the place that granddad built in hmm. the 60s and there's actually three total dairy barns on the entire uh place uh we've restored all of those but my sister and i decided uh she lives on the next section and i said whenever i moved back i said we really have got to be able to do something uh because uh, something together you know dad we've always been cow calf and uh we'll turn out some stalker calves and he's always joked with us that uh, or he told us not joke he said hey this farm can't support three families well your partner so, was your uh, dad now right no so that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. So we identified some things we thought could add value to the place, and we decided she was getting married uh, in the fall, and we decided we would try our hands at growing pumpkins. We had always we'd been good good little gardeners, you know. That's what Grandma taught us to do. And so we grew some pumpkins for her fall wedding, and, boy, we figured out we could grow pumpkins. And that started... Pumpkin ranching. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, pumpkin ranch. Um, this started us down a path of uh, 
of a greenhouse, and that, you know now we're three greenhouses later, and we do two festivals a year. But we certified agritourism, and so that was something that was really important: was how do we come back? Uh, how can I come back and do that? I'm also very active with Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association. Uh, we, I was just named as president of the uh, Oklahoma Cattlemen's Foundation here. So we, I've got a lot of things going, but uh, I was nice. It was very nice to hear the Farmer Veteran Coalition the advertisement. Uh, we hosted the Oklahoma City was host location for FDC's national conference uh, this past fall, and got to meet a lot of people. Uh, the stockyard is actually a tour stop hmm. for them. So how do you drive a herd of pumpkins? Which is awesome. But well, I wanted to do some different things, and with being certified agritourism here, we're actually. The farm is in Oklahoma City limits. We're 25 minutes from downtown. The festivals have been very successful. We started those during COVID. We do a fall harvest festival and a Mother's Day mayhem. Uh, we did. We're not going to do Mother's Day mayhem this year. It's just too dry. Mm-hmm. We had to cancel harvest festival last year, so we still have the challenges. But we. So when you mean dry, Kelly? Does that mean you guys ran out of bourbon? <laughs> well, I think we drank a lot more because. Okay. <laughs> I just have to ask because if I come out to visit, I got to know whether or not I'm bringing a truckload of bourbon. Yeah, you always got to bring oh, some time. Well, you always do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll be great. Yeah, it, that'll be lovely. We've got plenty of plenty of shop fridges. Well, you know, that. Harry wanted to get into the importance of cow. Yeah, well, and I, I see you went to Oklahoma State University and you got a BA in animal science and livestock marketing and. Maybe, because I know everybody listening to the show, they're not all cow savvy. Maybe you'd kind of talk a little bit about the importance of animal science and livestock marketing. Well, this is uh, specifically for those on the left coast and the whiny liberals up in uh, the east coast. So They they eat tofu. They wouldn't know a cow from a... I understand that, but they need to have that explanation. They they eat a lot of steak in New York. Uh, (laughs) Nowhere serves more steak than the city of New York. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but when you go to Peter Luger's or all these other places, it's all steak. That's why they had had stockyards in Chicago as the intermediary between us and them. Right, right. So the importance of agriculture, Kelly... Without it, where Absolutely. would we be? Nowhere. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. What we're finding, when I was in college 30 years ago now, <laughs> um, it, gosh, uh, it was, it was, things were, you know, things were different. 30 years, five years ago were different, for crying out loud. Three years ago were different. Yeah. But um, I remember, you know, I grew up in rural Oklahoma, and, and almost everybody that went to the little school that I went to, we were all involved in ag. Maybe mom had a job off the farm, or maybe dad had a job off the farm, but we were ag kids. And so, you know, growing up, I thought everybody was involved in ag. And went to OSU, and I'm like, oh, well, there's city people here. There, You know, there's stoplights, actually, in that town. So that was a big eye-opener. But it was, uh, as, as time has gone on, we are further and further and further removed from ag and mm-hmm. from our food supply. Um, people's diets have changed or lifestyles have changed and so that was in talking like we said in the first segment about you know, using that platform uh, OSU was in the, I, I did reach back out to my alma mater 
actually serve on the Animal Science Alumni Board now. And that's hey. just fabulous. But how do we reach everybody? And so one of the <laughs> things that was really important at the stockyards and here at the farm, becoming certified agritourism, how, we had to identify ways to get the message out. All of us can go on Facebook and talk all day long about what we do, but we're busy. We're, right. We have to do, we've got other things, other, other engagements. So um, I serve on the Ag in the Classroom Advisory Council. That is for, um, the te- for teachers to be able to obtain resources, even in rural communities, uh, because we did have an influx of a migration of urban friends to our rural communities. How can these teachers implement this into their coursework? I'm very proud Oklahoma has had a number of national uh, Ag in the Classroom teacher uh, winners. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, they're doing, that's a testament to the great job they're doing. But uh, between tours and speeches, that's all fun and dandy, but we have to show people. Something that my sister and I are starting this, this summer uh, is an immersive experience for uh, college students between uh, their sophomore and junior year. And the first set of students is coming to us from a two-year college before they enroll at OSU or before they start the semester at OSU, and they'll be with us for 30 days. Those two students, uh, every day will be somewhere different. We're, we're, we're partnering with other, whether they're agritourism farms, you know, small-scale farms, um, or uh, a purebred cattle facility. You know, their, their background, their ag communication students, their backgrounds may be in beef or in hogs or poultry or uh, even uh, you know, wheat pasture, you know, you know crops. Mm-hmm. But we want those, those students to have an immersive experience where they spend a day with a banker. Uh, you know, how do we cultivate this next generation mm-hmm. uh, to go on and do great things in ag and to continue telling our story? So we're really excited about that. And then in September... Uh, we're hoping to place our first veteran here at the cabin for a month uh, and give them some time uh, to learn hands-on. Uh, my uh, my guy is was 21-year Army veteran, and he actually had worked at the yards. We had three veterans at the stockyards. Great. Um, and he didn't know what to do. He retired during the pandemic, and he was like, I don't know what to do. I like being here at the farm, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm a mechanic in my, you know, in my background. Uh, but there are other veterans, and I found that out with SEC. Uh, maybe they're just getting started in ag, but they don't know what to do. And mm. so how can we take their hand, lead them, be a mentor for them, and uh, help them become successful in ag and create that next group that's going to lead the charge in feeding the world? That's got to so, be... Kelly, I've got to ask you that, uh, you know, we always hear about high school students, junior high school students, how sports are so important. Uh, cheerleading is important. Music and dance are important. But I've always thought to myself that if you get out of the city and you grow up where you grew up or go out there, um, 4-H is just as important and just as popular. And FFA. And obviously that had a big influence on you, and I have to believe it still has a big influence on kids. It does over yes. here in Arizona. Yes, it's critical. Uh, 4-H and FFA, especially... And FFA because I was older, um, and that was that was really important to me. I give a lot of credit to my ag teacher, Mr. Scott at Amber Pocasset. Uh, there's the oldest consolidated school district in Oklahoma. There's your little little known fact. Um, <laughs> but he was instrumental in helping me to develop confidence and speaking in front of people and and following through. You know, memori- you know, memorizing your speech. 
Mm -hmm. uh, giving a set of reasons on a set of cattle. How can you evaluate these? And those programs have really, really grown to where now they're focusing more on STEM. I, I had an opportunity to talk with some legislators last last year uh, during a summer um, session, and we were talking about how do we get you know, what what is important. What was important to you? How did you get through? You know, tell us your school story. How, how do we focus more on on having all students become successful mm -hmm. with STEM being in the forefront? I had mentioned, how about adding A to that for STEAM, adding that agriculture. I'm since seeing STEAM with, as, as arts, but we didn't have arts at Amber Pocasset uh, to speak of. Um, but if we could focus, put that A as agriculture and get these kids a little bit of a hands-on opportunity and a closer look early, mm -hmm. I think that can really change how, how agriculture is viewed. It's very disturbing when we have elected officials that want to, and I'm trying to, I always fumble up the quote about farming looks mighty easy, you know, when you're 1,200 miles away with a pencil. Um, so you've got folks that are making decisions for you that may not know. And that was really important to me also at the stockyards and even here at the farm. Call your elected officials. Invite them down for a look at what you're doing. Let them see, because you're the expert. You're the expert in what you're doing. Exactly. They yeah. don't have an ad person on staff that has the background, more than likely, all the way up to the federal level, that the farmer or rancher does that's in it day to day. But how well, much... That's, a, how that's much a, a Harry Truman quote <clears throat> that, you, yeah. that yeah. you mentioned. Yeah, but, Harry Truman quote. But, you know, it's funny. It reminds me of the old saying that you see around... Uh, uh, cowboy magazines and so on, which is everybody wants to be a cowboy until you got to go do cowboy stuff. <laughs> right. So, and that's what you're talking about. Yes, sir. Well, okay. Now, how much How do those elected officials really take heart to what you are saying, or are they just paying lip service to you? Playing politicians. Uh, uh, yeah, playing politicians. My guess is, and I have a very, very cynical view of politicians in the political process, uh, I, I, as a reporter, I covered politicians for 20 years, so that, that's my basis. But the point being, though, do they pay? Are, are they take, paying attention to what you're saying? I'm guessing no. I, I would say this: the politician from rural areas. I'm like, still guessing no. Well, no, they do because I know in New Mexico, uh, when you get out into the agricultural areas, which is most of the state, they they are. In they're, the, they're the last of it. In the, I, I will grant you the state folks probably do. The federal folks could give a crap less. Oh, okay, yeah, I would argue that. Kelly, you got any commentary? <laughs> I do, and it may be because of where we are uh, in some of the, or the organizations that I'm a member of, but Oklahoma, uh, we, we've had a, with Oklahoma Cattlemen's uh, Association and our Oklahoma Farm Bureau, We've got the ear of a lot of elected officials, which exactly. is great. I mean, because they, we're not in there with rhetoric. It's this is this is it. You know, we're, we're in it like this year or this past year with the drought, guys. We you know, there's got to be some. We've got to get some help mm -hmm. here. Right. Um, they do a great job with that. What I've found on the federal side is uh, we have a congresswoman here in Oklahoma that anytime she gets a new staff member, she sends them down to the stockyards. Wow. She wanted to see it. It was incredible. Hmm. Uh, we are, we, are, we well, were in her district. Now with redistricting, we've been moved to another portion. But 
but she's going to continue doing that. You know, uh, we've held some roundtable discussions there at the yards. Are always we're always welcome to come down and take a tour, go out and sit, talk to some of the producers, talk to the buyers that are sitting out there. So I think they do listen. Well, now, you know, I, th- is, I think is part the voice of it. Loud too- yeah, I think part of it, too, is like in, in the agricultural states where agriculture still plays a, an important uh, position, a lot of cattlemen, a lot of farmers end up running for state and federal positions. Mm-hmm. And they, while they may get tainted somewhere along the way, they're still basically, their roots are in the ground. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to yeah, take and a... we are fortunate. One of our federal elected officials, is uh, he is a farmer and rancher. And Is that Jim Inhofe? That would be uh, well, Inhofe just, uh, he retired, okay. uh, Congressman Lucas, okay. from uh, northwest Oklahoma, All and right. he's done a great job, served on the, worked, has worked on the farm bill, I think, since it's from well, spe- the Speaking of politics, it's time up. to do a politically incorrect commercial. <laughs> we have to take another break here. We're past due on that. That's okay, though. Our guest, Kelly Payne, uh, she's a former president of the Oklahoma Stock Exchange. This is Amble Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back. Imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business. Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304 304- the Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at Tucson You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchmen to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our red henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. 
Hello, I'm Travis Mills, and I made 12 westerns in 12 months, and you're listening to Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in San Jose today. Our guest is Kelly Payne. Kelly, we play the uh, theme to the High Chaparral there in case you w- did not recognize that because Mr. DeFrance over here on the other side of the table, That's was, he was in uh, like 52 episodes of that great television program that was filmed here in Tucson, Arizona at Old Tucson and in Southern Arizona. I used to steal cows all the time on that show. I was a, he was a rustler. Son of a buck. <laughs> hey, you know, Kelly, I, I want to share something with you here. I think... Our family histories, uh, way, way back, kind of crossing away, because I understand that your great-great-grandparents made the 1889 land rush and staked their claim there in Mustang. Uh, my, I don't know if he was a great-great-great-uncle or whatever, but E.D. Nix was a federal marshal in charge of the marshals that organized and maintained control wow. over the land rush. And supposedly to family history is he fired the gun that set off the cannon that started one portion of the, of the land rush. Oh, interesting. Wow. So, you know, you, you, your grandparents, he, he, might have, he might have nicked one of them when he shot that gun. <laughs> Yeah, because his well, you there's a third there's a third Oklahoma connection here on this show today, because my mother was born and raised in Brooklyn right. Cove. That's right, yeah. which yeah. is at the bottom of the Eufaula Dam. The town is still there, by the way. They just made everybody leave. <laughs> a lot of, uh, the town's a lot of still there at the bottom. Town. Yeah, <laughs> they made everybody move up on top of the little bluff into a little town called uh, Stigler, and that's where my mom grew up. And uh, so, yeah, o- Oklahoma uh, has deep ties in my family as well. Uh, so much so that my my uncle uh, is a Sooner fan, a football fan, and if they lost on Saturday, there was no speaking in the house on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you were not. I, you think I'm kidding? Uh, no, 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 I went to the house. We were planning on having a fish fry on a Sunday, and it was football season, college football season. And my Aunt Thelma called my mother and said, oh, no, Lynn, we need to reschedule for Friday. And she said, well, Friday, everybody was ready for Sunday. And she said, I know, Lynn, but if the Sooners lose on Saturday, Ted won't speak. Ah, that's funny. And, and, and more than likely, that happened a lot in, uh, in the families. Kelly, what is the purpose of the stockyard? What's the down and dirty purpose of it? To offer the best market for cattle producers. All right. From all of, from all over. I mean, that's it's been there 113 years, as I mentioned in a previous segment. Just a fabulous place. Generations of folks have sold cattle there. Uh, in fact, a personal story. I was going through a trunk that belonged to. Let's see. It would have been a great uncle, I believe and opened a cigar box, and mm. there was actually a an account of sale from selling three hogs there, like wow. in 1923. Well, speaking of hogs, you showed hogs. I did. I liked the little pigs. They were fun. Yeah. I could handle them. I'm not a, ver- a very large stature at all. <laughs> and I had one choke steer. I decided when I was a freshman in high school I needed a steer. And I barely weighed 100 pounds, 
at that time. And this dude, I mean, he just worked me plumb over. So went back to showing hogs. I got into the hog, uh, showing hogs by, uh, see, when I was nine, first year in 4-H. And I remember dad bought my first two, and he said, if these work, I'll pay for these, so then you're on your own. And I was so proud uh, when he took me to the bank for me to open up uh, my little savings account. Uh-huh. It was a little savings account books for, you know, they still wrote in there yeah. by the end. Of yeah, I remember those, yeah. Hey. And, uh, boy, I, I remember I was just walking on t- in tall cotton, <laughs> and I, he dropped me, he'd wait for me. I'm at, gonna... uh, I want to know yeah. about the steer that was that you tried to raise, but or tried to show, but he was too big for you. Oh, he's just crazy. He was just crazy, <laughs> and I don't think I don't think I really knew what I was doing. You know, I didn't have. I, I wasn't. I was barely in. Uh, I don't even think I started. I may not have even started my freshman year, yeah. and we were without a four H instructor at the time. And I thought, yeah, surely, you know, I'd saved up all this money. And, but, boy, I just, I couldn't get him broke. Uh, Dad even had a, a real Dickens of a time. And Dad's 6'4 and 260. Hmm. And if he was having a Dickens of a time with this whole steer, he probably, I'll tell you this much, whenever he went in the freezer, it did not bother me to eat him. <laughs> well, you know, another, another, dark, another dark part of your past from when you were in high school, you were the basketball team mascot, is that correct? Oh. I was, I was the Panther. All right. Wow. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's Which almost like, that's like, almost like being homecoming queen. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but it was so much fun. It was great. So let me tell you about that. Did yeah. you know that as a, as a school mascot, you can go to cheerleading camp, like with the rest of the cheerleaders in the summer, and there's a specific mascot camp. Wow. Did not mascot know that. Mascot school. So <laughs> our cheerleading camp was in Stillwater. Of course, during the summer, it's hotter than blue blazes. And this is a black panther, you know, black panther oh, yeah, with a big yeah. foam head. Right. Oh, my lance. I thought I was going to bake my brains out. <laughs> but our instructor, there were 16 That mascots. explains a lot. Right. And uh, our instructor was the, was a gentleman named Byron, and he was currently, or at that time, he was serving as the mascot for the Missouri Tigers. Uh-huh. And I thought, I thought I was in heaven. Like, this was a, this guy was like royalty and a celebrity <laughs> to me. You know, I'm 14, 15 years old. <laughs> But it's cool. Yeah. Hey, you know, not everybody, not everybody has got the ability to be a mascot. That's a calling. You, you know, I, yeah. I think you're probably correct. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, let's get to the real serious issue here. Uh, and not to put you on the spot, but we will. Uh, what <laughs> cowboy boot do you prefer? Ooh. What maker? Uh, Anderson Bean. Ah. Okay. In fact, I just bought a pair a few weeks ago, another pair. I've Who's never had a pair of, of full quill ostrich. And I thought, by golly, that I had gotten a gift card to one of our great stores here in Oklahoma City uh, for Christmas. And I thought, by golly, I'm going to go buy this. Go buy me some boots. So um, you would you would call those your presidential boots? They're very nice. They're very nice. <laughs> now, uh, Little Joe's, uh, they're in Stockyard City. Dear, dear friend of mine, if you're ever down here, check him out. Check out all the stores in Stockyard City. But uh, he got me convinced to uh, have a pair of whites made, uh, the uh, lace-up boots. And, boy, those, I don't think you can ruin a pair. I really don't. They have, I mean, I've worn them in mud, muck, have never had an ounce of trouble with them whatsoever. For, so as far as a durable work boot that's a custom, you know, fit. To, you're talking about you know, Packers? 
So yeah, Packers. Yeah. Packers. Yeah. Yes. Well, hey. Okay. You know, to, to bringing that up, then uh, I understand that the stockyards itself has become kind of a major tourist attraction there, uh, with the with all of the different stores and and uh, whatnot that's there. Yes, it's a it's a great spot. It's almost frozen in time, which can be uh, some people can look at that as a detriment, but you can also find there's some positive in that. Mm-hmm. Back in late seventy eight. The sitting president at the time was a man named George Hall, and he uh, and some uh, some civic leaders and a state representative got together and got that area, that business core, uh, listed on the National Register of Historic Places, which was some that offers some protection but not full protection. So those businesses, those buildings down there, are still very much original. Architecture. They didn't wow. succumb to the you know aluminum salesman that came through town and put the <laughs> fake facades on. So yeah. that's a cool aspect of it. Then those same gentlemen formed Stockyard City Council, which is now Stockyard City Main Street. Stockyard City Main Street was the first urban Main Street in the state of Oklahoma, and that was uh, 1992. So all those years, you know, they were just continuing to work toward a common goal. Last year. Uh, well, actually, the whole time during COVID, we, uh, the city of Oklahoma City Planning Department, the Alliance for Economic Development, the Oklahoma National Stockyards and Stockyard City Main Street partnered on a master plan for uh, revitalization and, re- and, and some development down there. Um, it's already a business improvement district as far as the business core goes where they assess. There's an additional um, fee that they pay to have, you know, for cleaning and to have someone market the area, which coincides with Main Street. Um, But there's a lot of the community, uh, there's a lot of community engagement that we were able to get through that master plan and some different surveys. So it's exciting to see what's going to come out of that now that the world is reopened, if you will. Um, Mm. If the cost of building materials could go down, I'm sure somebody would be breaking ground on something right right now. But They did shift the tax increment financing district over to that area from the west side of the interstate. Now it's all around uh, Stockyard City. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens. It's a great group of people, multi-generational shop owners, uh, and then some new uh, national salary. They actually, um, they just opened a new facility. They had outgrown their old space, built a beautiful uh, building down there, of course, Cattleman Steakhouse. It's been around since 1910. McClintock's mm. uh, Chop House. Mm. Great restaurants. A lot of history. It's cool. The tourism aspect is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of our largest industries in Oklahoma now, uh, besides aerospace, oil and gas, and agriculture. Tourism is big, big, big business. And folks want to come see what it's about. We well, have a lot of horse shows. We're probably the horse show capital of the world, I'm thinking, now. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, heritage thing is so important. Stockyard, it's two miles from the fair park. But with the stockyards itself, I had realized when I first got there in 2018 in the liaison position, how many people were just kind of going across the catwalk and forming their own opinions of what they saw, which can be dangerous, especially mm-hmm. with urban friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a phone in their pocket, mm-hmm. you know, like a camera. Uh, everyone's a reporter. So it was, well, how do we tell the story? And kind of going back, um, caveating back to another segment where we talked about telling your story, 
uh, we were able to, uh, we started having folks, if they wanted to bring a charter bus in, we were going to do it on a different day. We just can't accommodate so many people on a sale day because there's Mondays are ten, sometimes 10,000 head, wow. 13,000 head cattle runs. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to bring them in on different days, but give them a chance to talk to a cattle producer, give them a chance to talk to someone from the Cattlemen's Association, maybe a representative from the Beef Council. Uh, so we started booking things that could be 30 minutes upwards of a full day training. Hmm. And it was incredible. Prior to the pandemic, we were probably averaging about 200,000 people a year coming through there. Uh, about a quarter of those would be folks that had booked something. Hmm. Well, you know, Last wow. year, we were on track to have about 400,000 people come through. And maybe, mm-hmm. uh, probably a quarter of those folks would have been folks that stopped, you know, had, a, had an appointment or were with another consortium that was coming through for a specific tour or training. Well, right. you know, it speaking of phenomenal. a lot of people coming through, it's about time for a commercial to come strolling. we got to do that last break. Uh, Samuel Franzi's Voices of the West streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch in Tucson. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. 
check out the website, horseandaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseandaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're done. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. But we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Beans in the pot, bacon in the pan. Eat them while they're hot. Get them while you can. This is the Voices of the West. Animal Frenzy's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with us in uh, San Jose today, and our guest is Kelly Payne, former president of the Oklahoma Stock Exchange. Now that's a song. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. I mean, it's probably the original Cowboys doing it, too. I, I hey, Kelly. Don't have the... <laughs> tell us what you yes. think about that song, because I think you're a good person to... to elucidate on it or hallucinate on it or something on which song the one we just played you weren't listening oh i love it (laughs) (laughs) all right kelly famous west a favorite western movie oh mcclintock all day long all right okay that's cattle (laughs) cattle yeah well speaking of all day long uh, what do you got coming up yeah shameless promotion oh gosh well, focusing on, on those those students, getting those kids off to a good start this summer, and and in that immersive uh, uh, kind of coursework that we're going to be doing, and letting them network and meet people, and then starting the veteran program, we're really excited about that good. here at the farm. So, uh, kicking off, we'll be kicking off the summer capital campaign with Oklahoma Cattlemen's Foundation uh, next. I was just looking at my calendar, actually, over the break, and I thought, boy, next week's kind of busy. So <laughs> this has been a lovely break for me to visit with you terrific gentlemen today. Um, which well, is, I don't think you're busy enough. You need more jobs. Yeah, right, yeah. You need, you, oh, you, well, yeah. You're, you're, you're not busy enough, Kelly. You're an underachiever. <laughs> you know? And, you know, we, we, we noticed in your bio that it, you've been labeled more than once as a late bloomer. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, these are all examples of it. And let's uh, and I, I I don't want to cause a fight within your family, but I, I what the heck I you know I have family in Oklahoma too, 
So where is the best chicken fried steak in the state of Oklahoma? Ooh. Oh, God. Great I, I love them all. Your mom's chicken fried steak. That's the best in the state. All right. Oh. I'm guessing well, uh, up the yeah, truck and I, on the I, way. I, she's at work, so I bet she's not listening right now. <laughs> Gas it up the truck and on the way. Kelly Payne, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. I really, really, really appreciate uh, all the information that you passed on to us. And, uh, man, what a great person. I want to just thank you for the job you're doing yeah. for the, the the cowboy, the agricultural, yep. the farm and ranching yep. heritage. Yep. Uh, we need more people, more spokesmen out there. Uh, because that's the values that America was founded on, and the value, it's the only values that'll save it. And that's it for this edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80 stockyards away! <laughs> so long, everybody! Thanks for listening to Amo Franzi's Voices of the West.